Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. You're listening to Getting Split Ready, Chicago's premier divorce podcast, brought to you by the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network, the network that's optimized for the customer, where you can find pros with multiple skill sets to meet your needs. So instead of hiring three people, you might be able to hire one, save yourself a little bit of money. We talked today about- I just want the disclaimer out there that this episode is Doug's idea. This was my idea. We we were trying to talk about, but but it- it really spoke to, I think, the the dysfunction that we're seeing across the country right now. And and it's interesting. In my head, I've thought about, um, oh, what's his name? James Carville and Mary Matlin. And they get along. They're still married. And then you see, like, the Conway. Uh, what is it? Kellyanne Conway, Conway and her husband, who I don't know how they're still married. George. George. Yes, George. So I wanted to ask the entire panel about marriage and political differences and one, how they can stay together, and two, just I would love an input on how, like, does it make people actually get divorced at some point? Because I think it's the worst I've ever seen it. Well, I don't think he's going to make anyone get divorced. I mean, this is, you know, this is probably something that Joyce can attend to, but, you know, this is really about strong boundaries and knowing what you're capable about talking about and what you're not. Um, and if you're, if, you know, I, I have a feeling a lot of these couples that you mentioned, they must just have very strong boundaries where they don't talk about these things at home. They have their own beliefs and it's going to be their beliefs. And that person knows that about that person when they selected them as a partner. Um, so I think it's very helpful to have a good, strong sense of boundary, what you're capable of talking about and what you're not capable of talking about. When it comes to, is this the cause of a divorce? I think it could be a factor, but I can't ever imagine it being a cause. Um, It might be a factor, meaning like, wow, this person's, where I would see it being more of a conflict would be where they were more like-minded when they met, but then one person maybe changed over time. I could see that being more of a conflict than knowing who that person was coming into it. But when when it comes to that kind of scenario where one person's mindset changes over time, that's where I think the the therapy, the couples counseling is really going to come in in handy where you set boundaries, where you say, okay, this is the first time I've warned you about this. You know, now this is the second time, you know, the third time I have to warn you about this, I'm going to walk away. Um, those are the type of strong boundaries that you would have to set when it comes to these kind of topics. But when it comes to, is it an actual cause? My guess is there's been a breakdown in the relationship at some point in other areas. And, and I don't think this kind of difference could cause it. I think politics is going very personal these days in our country. And I think that as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, I don't know, there's some beliefs or some, some, thought processes that might be deal breakers for me that boundary would be great yeah we can agree not to talk about it but it might be a deal breaker for me too i mean it could probably go either way but are you are you going to be married to a person select a partner in life not knowing this i'm assuming like this is 
this is going to be, you know, a topic of discussion early in the dating process to kind of when you're choosing to select a mate. But if you're talking more about like this person's mindset has changed over time. If it's evolved or I think of couples that maybe have been together for a long time, 30, 40 years, where maybe the woman didn't have a voice, just that's stereotypical, but the woman didn't have a voice when she was 20 and got married and has found her voice. And maybe some of these beliefs as they've grown together over 30, 40, maybe that would be enough to to tip the scale. I was going to ask Tanya, do you, do you see, like when people walk in, and I think your world a little bit more than the mediation, because I think mediation probably draws people, but can you like look and see like, oh, okay, I know where this guy or this gal is politically and where this one is. And do you see, because you're both, you're a mediator and you're a litigator, do you see more a bent toward mediation when they're a little bit less far away from each other on the on the scale? I think it just depends on what their goals are. If it's based on vengeance or if it's based on trying to resolve this amicably. I mean, you know from the beginning, no one comes in saying, I want to fight this out if they want to do it amicably. So I think the cards are on the table from the get-go, but I think personality-wise and uh, how people respond to each other based upon their beliefs, you can definitely see it during mediation, but definitely during litigation too. What do you, when you're, when you're doing couples therapy, have you ever seen where that's, that's a point of contention and how do you work through that with people? Absolutely. And I, I agree with Mariah that we are in a time now of heightened polarization between different political beliefs and high anxiety. And so this has really just exacerbated this difference and this challenge for couples. So I am seeing it more and more in my practice and even in my personal life. I know a friend that recently got divorced and she said her strong political views were part of the reason that they chose to split because she was devoting a tremendous amount of her time campaigning and serving as an activist and her husband didn't really support or agree with that. And so, I, you know, my parents were married their whole lives and they never once voted for the same person. So I think it's kind of, as Matt was saying, an, an agree to disagree type thing. But we're living in a different environment where we're talking about really v- valuing different groups of people and different people who have been marginalized in our culture. And, and there's a lot of personal feelings around that that's really exacerbating conflict in marriages. And it goes full circle to the empathy topic that you had brought up earlier and just the lack of empathy that exists in today's day and age for whatever reasons it may be, whether it's social media, whether it's the cell yeah, phones that we're not all, helping. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, it, it, Twitter. Yeah, I mean, like, but that, you know. But everyone's back, watching us on Facebook Live, right? Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we're trying to tip the scales. Right, exactly. Social media for a good cause. For a good yes. cause, exactly, <laughs> right. But no, I mean, regardless of why there's a lack of empathy in today's day and age, um, the, the, the longer you the older you get, the more entrenched you get on a certain topic or on a certain feeling, and you're less likely to listen. And that's where, you know, and I, I'm going to promote the, the therapy as well. That's where a good couples therapist um, can really break it down 
and you can get to the root of it because a lot of times this is just surface stuff. Um, but when someone like in the case where you said, you know, somebody's becoming an activist, you know, with a good therapist, they might have been, you know, they might have been able to flip it and say, what do you passionately believe in and get and, and get that person to talk about what they passionately believe in and then say, OK, well, I, I, I feel this emotion that you have. It's no different than your partner's emotion that they have about this topic. And, and you try to find some common ground. You try to find, huh, I never thought about it that way. And once you get to that point, then you can open that door to empathy, no matter how long that person's been entrenched in that position. Well, I think you bring up a really great point that sometimes couples argue about something that isn't the real issue. Mm -hmm. So they may be ar arguing about politics. And with the example of my friend, with her husband being upset about her activism, as a therapist, I would, if I were his therapist, I would ask, what is his negative belief about himself with his wife's activ activism? And it might be that she doesn't care about him or she's not prioritizing him. And, and that may be the root issue mm -hmm. rather than the mm -hmm. politics. Right. Wasn't there a statistic you did for one of the posts about uh, the divorce rate between Democrats and Republicans? Yeah, it was actually higher among Republicans, but it didn't, it never talked about having two in the same house. And I think it's interesting. A lot of the discussion was about people changing. And I would also surmise that the categorizations have changed as well, where things have shifted a certain way. And as a result, how people identify is really different. And then that stratifies what they think and then pushes them in that, in that kind of situation. Because I think it does get back to core beliefs. And the more every day that becomes an echo chamber, the more that could become the wedge that drives people apart. Well said. So can, core beliefs can change as we evolve through our lifetime, correct? Yes. So feasibly, a couple who was compatible with their core beliefs in, you know, 20 years ago could grow into two individuals that are not compatible in their core beliefs. And they either have to figure out, as you said, how to put boundaries around that and respect each other's differences. Probably something similar to like a Cubs fan and a Sox fan in Chicago living in the same household, although that can get tumultuous too. Mm -hmm. Yes. I had a client who would fight with his cousins. They would end up in the emergency room. Like every oh my yes. God. That's awesome. <laughs> so maybe not like Cubs fans and Sox fans, but something like that. Um, but with the, the topics that are being tossed around in politics and in social media, about things that are going on in this country, I can I can see that being a much more. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of factors to that too: your religious upbringing, um, the community that you came from, being from a rural area versus an urban area. You know, um, there used to be more of a commonality amongst people. There used to be what I think the term a lot of people used to use is common sense. But in today's day and age, the more um, the more that we intermingle, the more people that we talk to, the more that we're introduced to people that are different than us, the more that we introduce two different cultures. You know, it. You know, again, I, I keep 
harping on this, but 20, 30 years ago, how many interracial or intercultural couples did you used to see? It was very rare. Now it's common. So what was common sense back in the old days was, was well, this is how we do it in our neighborhood or in our culture. And this is how we do it in our neighborhood and our culture. But now that there's so much integration of cultures and races, common sense is different now. Common sense is 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 a whole new ballgame because we're adding so many more um, components to the mix. Um, so when it comes to divorce and how your core beliefs have changed, we're starting to see core beliefs change because there's so much more being thrown into the melting pot. I got to turn my mic on. So, and one thing I'm thinking about, and it's really funny because I'm a political junkie, and I used to read about back in the days when you had like Reagan and Tip O'Neill, and you hear about these guys who would argue, but then they'd play cards and they would find commonality. And you know, I I, I think that what I'm hearing is turn off the 24-hour news and go out and find and do something together, and find a way to bring that commonality together. And then have spirited debate later on, and and you know some or people not. might believe one way or agree to disagree. If it doesn't become all in all encompassing, and you can do all this other stuff, now I think there'd be an issue if you don't have any other stuff to do. You know, then that's probably speaking to the deeper thing. And it goes to social decorum, even like with you, back interpersonal to right? back to civility. You know, in interpersonal relationships, half of the stuff, more than half, of the stuff that is either sent via text or on a website or on a forum, you would never say to a person's face. You just wouldn't do that. Um, and so that, sometimes that leads to this lack of civility as well. Like if that person was actually sitting in front of you and you saw them cry because of the words that you used... You're not. You're gonna apologize. You're gonna because if you don't, you're a psychopath, right? I mean, like, you're, there's, you know, there's, there's some kind of decorum that we're losing because of social media. Because it's so much easier to be in your bathrobe, you know, on on the toilet, tweeting a hundred and five times in a day and saying mean things than it is to actually sit across from the person. Work your differences out. Listen to the passion behind the person's difference and their core beliefs, and be able to, have, you know, the Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan kind of s- scenario that that isn't existing anymore because we are now just typing and tweeting, and we're not actually having conversations. It's a great point. Well, and dating on apps too, finding well, exactly. your mate on an app. Swipe to the left. Is that good or bad? Though right. you think that's good no, or bad? No, I think it's bad. I think it's bad because people are not getting to know people face to face. And then you end up talking to a divorce attorney because they're not living up to the expectations of their profile. I was going to say, I thought you were going to go that it's easier to find somebody with common political beliefs. Maybe that's a new dating site, business idea. Where you can find people with the same political beliefs. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it exists. (laughs) They have every other one. They've got like farmer dating sites. Farmers only. Yeah. I'm sure they've got it for. Although politics. I'm not seeing those ads anymore, so maybe that I haven't seen a dating site yet for single parents or parents with children. There's maybe SplitReady.com could uh, morph oh, into a side go. business. There you go. <laughs> and if you are thinking about divorce, please visit SplitReady.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.